Well, good morning again. How's everyone doing? So I love the warmer weather. To me, just something special about summertime, uh, except when the air conditioning decides not to work. And then I don't like the warmer weather. Then I get a bit agitated, but it's okay. Uh, My wife loves it, and that's what's the most important thing. She got to sleep well this weekend. Um, For those who don't know me, my name is David Ivey. I'm the youth pastor here at Polaris Christian Church. I have the honor of serving our students. I think I say this every time I speak. I love my job a lot. There's nothing better than what I do for a living. Um, I've been the youth pastor here for eight years, and I have enjoyed the journey that God has allowed me to be a part of. But I don't do this by myself by any means. We have an army of volunteers that step up in huge ways uh, to serve the teenagers here at Polaris. And I want to take a moment to honor them. Um, If you currently serve SMT, as I call your name, please stand up. And if you've ever served in our student ministry, also stand up because I want to honor you as well. But those who are currently serving, um, Chris and Kayla Beebe, former students. Michelle Bragg, who's a former student. Kim Figaro, Shane Luck, Tommy Petrie, another former student, Tanya Schultz, Mark Simonitis. Gene and April Smith. And Christian Rochelle Yulotowski. They're in the back, by the way. You can turn around and see them. <laughs> if you've ever served in our ministries before, thank you. Uh, and student ministry is a, is a tough thing to be a part of, but it's also very, very awesome. And if you have an opportunity today to introduce yourself to one of our leaders, please do so. Um, If you're a parent of a student who's never met any of our adult leaders, great opportunity to thank them because they they serve and they serve very well. So so thanks again. This morning, we're going to start a series about Jesus' most famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. Now, Jesus had plenty of talks while he was on this earth, but this one was a special And the big reason why it stands out is because it's the longest explanation of what it means to live as a follower of Jesus. And we're going to walk through the beginning of this sermon, what's commonly known as the Beatitudes. And Jesus kicks off his most famous of sermons with his target audience. And he's addressing us. So this morning, we're going to break down the Beatitudes. And what we're going to learn is what he's saying to us is that, one, we need God. Two, when we accept that we need God, we want to know more about him. 
And when we know more about God, we want to put what we've learned into action. So the Beatitudes come in Matthew chapter 5. If you want to grab a Bible, you're welcome to and turn to chapter 5 of Matthew. Uh, And it starts at verse 3. Blessed are are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. So what we're going to do this morning, we're going to break down each of this, these sections of the Beatitudes and, and kind of talk through uh, what they mean for us today. And the first part is, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So what does the phrase poor in spirit mean? When Jesus speaks of this, he speaks of, of the condition of spiritual poverty, of being far from him because of sin. And when we recognize that we need God, we recognize that we need that forgiveness. See, Jesus is speaking to all of us. We are all broken and, 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 and sick and poor and far from him. But when we realize that we need him, he becomes that remedy. And that gift for believing in him is the forgiveness of sins. Then goes off to say that blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. We all go through tough times. We all go through times of of sorrow and sadness and loss. And sometimes that sadness comes from the loss of someone close to us. Whether it be a divorce, a death in the family, someone moving away. Other times, it's a loss of stuff. Sometimes a job, a house, a car. For a teenager, the biggest tragedy in the world is losing your cell phone. Or for some teenagers, is when the PlayStation network or the Xbox Live network goes down, and then they cry themselves to sleep. For many of us, that sadness and sorrow comes from the guilt of our bad moral choices. It comes from the guilt of sin. But when we realize that we need God, he becomes a source of comfort. Comfort in the time of hurting, peace in the middle of uncertainty, and the freedom that comes from the forgiveness of sin. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Jesus then goes on to say, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And when we think of the word meek, I think a lot of us think of the word weak. But I don't think that's what Jesus is addressing here. He's referring to the word humble. Because when we realize that we need God, we humble ourselves to his authority. We no longer follow our own understanding, we follow his. And when we realize that we need him, we humbly serve him. And we inherit this wonderful gift, the wonderful gift of forgiveness. Jesus starts his most famous sermons with a simple fact. We need God. And that was true when he spoke the words, and it's true today. Working with teenagers, and especially teenagers who struggle with their faith, 
One of the things that they common with a lot of our teenagers is this desire to be independent. And independence is great. It's actually not, nothing to like shy away from. But what happens a lot of times is this thought of independence means that we don't need anyone else's help. That we feel that we have to do this thing on our own, make our mistakes, and, and not really lean on anyone else's understanding. But the truth is, is we need help. We need help in this life. And what happens is this idea of being independent, doing things by yourselves, ends up transferring over into adulthood. We think we have to do this on our own. And time and time again, we struggle. We struggle with pain of loss. We struggle with making bad choices. We struggle with the fear of failure. We need, we need God. We don't have to do this by ourselves. So the question that I would like to ask you today is where do you need God in your life? What is the area that God is missing from? And maybe for some of you, you you're going through a really tough time, a, a really sad time of loss. And maybe you need to invite him in there so you can find comfort. For others, maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior. And this is the, the, one of the biggest steps and decisions you'll make to fo- follow him. Maybe you need to find forgiveness. When I say it's easy sometimes for us to say, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm forgiven, but it's harder to forgive ourselves. Maybe it's time to invite God in that and not do this by yourself anymore. So Jesus starts his most important sermon by letting us know that we need God. And when we accept that we need God, there's this built-in desire to know more about him. The Beatitudes continue. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they will see God. When Jesus starts off saying, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, he's talking about that deep down need to know more about God. Because when we accept that we need him, we want to know more about him. Whether that's reading your Bible, finding time with him in prayer each day, journaling, building strong Christian relationships, listening to worship music or, or, or a podcast. When we become a follower of Jesus, we just really want to know more about him. And the amazing thing that happens when we do start to know more about God, we have this sense of being satisfied. The more we learn about God, the more we're satisfied in our marriages, uh, in our home life, at our schools, on our sports teams, at our jobs, and in our very souls. But what happens to many of us, we start down this path of, of of trying to, to journal or, or find time for prayer and something happens like a holiday weekend and it kind of messes up your, your mojo and you, you kind of stop doing it and then all of a sudden you get discouraged and a day turns into a week and a week and turns into a month and then all of a sudden 
you've kind of forgotten where to go, I strongly encourage you, do not get discouraged. Find ways to get back on that track. Find ways to find a podcast. Uh, find something to, to start back up. Don't believe the lie that, okay, I've, I've missed this much time. I have to start from the beginning. No, just get back into the groove. Take small steps. I tell our teenagers all the time, uh, if you like, want to run a distance marathon, you don't start at the end. You have to start at the beginning. And sometimes it takes one step a day, one intentional thing to continue forward. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. As a kid, my grandmother would often tell me that we reap what we sow. And 99% of the time she was telling me that because I did something stupid. (laughs) And she was right. (laughs) But the truth is, is that that saying can really go both ways. Because those who demonstrate mercy will receive that same mercy. But those who've been given mercy will want to show mercy as well. Mercy in our lives today is shown by forgiveness. Forgiveness of others, those who have hurt us. It's shown by kindness, loving on people. I'm a strong believer a smile can really change someone's day. Because there's a lot of frowns, a lot of faces. But if you get a smile, all of a sudden it's kind of contagious. Compassion, generosity. These are the things that draw us closer to God. and, And we show that mercy because we've been shown the mercy from him. When we accept that we need God, we have this desire to know more about him. We learn to forgive others. We show kindness. We have compassion. And it's a really a big part of being a follower of Jesus. It's who God wants us to be. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Jesus Christ our God has forgiven you. Jesus goes on to say, blessed are the pure of heart, for they will see God. And when he says pure of heart, Jesus is saying, those who follow Jesus. It's nothing that you've personally done. It's nothing that we can't strive to do these actions to become pure of heart. It's only because of Jesus that we earn the fact that we have forgiveness through him. And when we accept that we need God, we have this desire to know more about him, and we know that God sees our heart. He sees through any kind of outward things you're projecting. He sees right down to the core of who we truly are. But the enemy tries to convince us constantly that we have to earn this forgiveness, that we have to make ourselves right before we can become forgiven. And that's a lie. Truth is, the only way to find forgiveness is through Jesus. And when we find that, we learn more about him, we want to become this model. We want to to project the things that we've been given. One of my favorite country artists, and I'm not a big country guy, is Johnny Cash. 
Now, I'm a Johnny Cash fan mainly because my grandpa was a Johnny Cash fan, and he kind of tapped that down <laughs> and said, you got to follow the man in black. Um, but he, I, I love some of his music, and, and I like the quote I found about him when he said, I read novels, but I also read the Bible. I study it. And when I learn more, I get excited. We should be excited about our faith. We should be excited about the things God has done in our lives. We should be excited to tell others. And we do that in different ways. By always including Jesus in everything we do. By being Jesus out there in our world. By always investing in friendships and relationships. And being generous. We set the example. Paul puts it like this. In Hebrews chapter 12. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Are you excited about your faith? When's the last time you, you, you generally got excited about who Jesus is in your life? Have you learned anything about him recently? Something you want to share with somebody in your life? That's my question today. Where, where in your world can you, can you share God? And maybe for you, when you're, you're learning more about God, it's through the Bible. And I know for some of us, the Bible can be very intimidating. But he speaks a lot through his scripture. And to me, if the Bible's intimidating, the best course of action to me is find some kind of devotional. Um, this is one that I use for our students. It's very thin. It's a couple pages a day, but it's 30 days of just focus. And if you're intimidated about finding stuff in the Bible, it's right here. And there's, you can go to a Christian bookstore. There's, there's a bunch of them there. If you Google devotionals, you can find a ton of them. Many of us drive long distances to work. Find a good podcast and throw that on as you're driving into work or, or you're heading, in, you know, school's out for the summer, but maybe you're hanging out the, at the pool and you want to listen to something. Um, but pop a podcast in or some worship music. When you accept that you need God, you want to know more about him. Like I said, it's, it's small things each day that we can do to grow closer. And when we know more about God, we want to take action. Jesus wraps up the Beatitudes with this. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is the reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who came before you. Jesus wraps up his introduction to his most famous of sermons with saying, Blessed are the peacemakers, 
Well, who are the peacemakers? And to find that, we got to think about what that means for us. The Bible says that peace to, to God comes through Jesus. That Jesus came to this earth to take our punishment of sin so that we can be right with him. And Jesus has restored this relationship with God. The churchy word for this is reconciliation. Paul talks about reconciliation in, in 2 Corinthians when he says, all this from God who reconciled us to himself through Jesus and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. He is committed to the message of reconciliation. We therefore are Christ's ambassadors. When we accept that we need God, we have this desire to know more about him, and when we know more about him, we want to take action. We are the peacemakers. We have this mission that God wants us to take this thing, this, this reconciliation, this peace with him, and bring it to others. This was meant to be shared with others. This wasn't something to hold on tightly to. It's something to talk to others about. But to take action for God... It requires a risk. Now, I could tell our teenagers a lot of times, having faith is great. Going to church and, and being involved with a church is awesome. Having a church family is amazing. But sharing what you believe with others can be downright scary because you're putting yourself out there. Is it worth the risk? I believe it is. I believe being the peacemaker is very much worth the risk. And Jesus made it clear, there's going to be risk when you follow him. He didn't kind of beat around the bush with it. He even says, blessed are those who are persecuted, because he knew he was going to be persecuted, and because of him, we would face the same thing. In fact, in John 15, it's explained this way. This is the words of Jesus. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Remember what I told you. A servant is no greater than his master. If they persecute me, they will persecute you also. They will treat you this way because of my name. For they do not know the one who sent me. Following Jesus is a risk. And truth be told, when you generally follow Jesus, you can't avoid it sometimes. But when we accept that we need him and we, we, we want to know more about him, we want to take that action, even if it risks something. Maybe sharing your faith at work is going to risk a promotion. Maybe sharing your faith and living it out loud is going to risk that starting spot on the volleyball team. Maybe you won't be as popular in your cul-de-sac. Maybe you won't be invited to that party. Knowing more about God makes us want to take action regardless of the risk. I started this morning talking about our, our leaders in SMT. 
the men and women that are the backbone of SMT in, the, in our student ministry. Being a leader in any ministry is hard. It has its ups and downs. There are, there are some days it's very difficult. But if you talk to our leaders, which I hope you do, they'll tell you it's worth the risk. Chris and Kayla, Michelle, Kim, Shane, Tanya, Mark, Jean, April, Chris and Rochelle, they give up their, their Sunday mornings and the time that takes to prepare themselves for Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights to serve teenagers. They give up vacation time to go to camps, to be a part of retreats. They give up family time to listen to what our teenagers need to say. They give up sleep and physical well-being. They give up sleep in particular, like this past two weekends have been really hard for me and because it's graduation weekend and it's prom weekend, which are back-to-back, and it stresses me out because I'm always concerned about our teenagers. Some of our adults give up the physical abilities because they think they can still play these games, <laughs> and they s- kind of do. <laughs> one of my ba- favorite stories about Mark Simonitis, where we did a retreat one year at Round Lake, and he decided to come down for one day. He played about four hours of basketball, and apparently he couldn't walk at church the next day. That's what happens. We give up our mental health when we have a teenager say, man, it sounded like a good thing at the time in my head. Or my favorite is when they say, hey, Dave, watch this. That always ends in something funny. It's worth it. It is so worth the risk. It is so worth the time away. What action do you need to take in your faith today? Maybe there is an opportunity for you to serve the summer in a camp. Yeah, you've got to give up your vacation time, but what if, what if that vacation time that you gave up means you spoke love into a kid who has never heard that kind of love before and it changes their path forever? That was me, by the way. I had people that loved me that I had no clue what that meant. And it changed my path. What if you have an opportunity to help your neighbor out on a project? But it means that you have to give up a Saturday of doing what you want to do. But that opens a door to a family that you can share this great news to. When you know more about God, You want to take action regardless of the risks. Jesus chooses to open his most famous sermon with with giving us the longest explanation of of what it means to follow him. And I like the word that he uses. I love it's the Beatitudes. I love that he uses the word blessed. And I think he doesn't do that, you know, half-heartedly. He does it on purpose. Because he's saying no matter where you are in life, When you follow Jesus or you point towards Jesus, you are blessed. Blessed are those who need God. That's all of us. And we're blessed for it. Blessed are those who desire to know more about him, even if it's not always perfect, or even if you've missed a week or a day or a month. 
Blessed are you because you want to know more about him. Blessed are those who take action, even if it's scary, even if it's exhausting. My so what for this morning, the thing I want you to take home with you is no matter where you are in life, no matter your circumstances, your suffering, your pain, your, your joy, your heartache, no matter what happens, good or bad, remember that because of Jesus, you are blessed. I want to close with, with these thoughts. The Beatitudes, the addressing of his target audience, us, where are you today with that? Maybe you're realizing you need God. Maybe you've accepted that you've needed God and now it's time to, to start to know more about him and learn more about him. And for others, it's, it's time to put that stuff into action, but regardless of where you are, we all have one thing in common. We were outsiders. We were condemned to death. We, we were set aside. But because of God, because of Jesus, we are blessed. Let's pray. Father, you are an amazing God. Thank you. Thank you for being you in my life. Thank you for, for those who have taken action so I can be blessed because of them. And thank you for, for blessing us regardless of where we're at. Lord, I ask you to allow us to take what we've learned today and, and the things that you say in your scripture and put them into action regardless of, of the things that may be going on, the distractions that come with summertime. But let us live in blessed life because of you. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Marcus and the band have one last song this morning. We hope you enjoy it. Hope we take what you've heard this morning and you be blessed. Mm-hmm.